0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right, guys.
1: Welcome in. It is, I'm a little late. Coffee is brewing a little bit slow, so welcome in. It is 737 Mountain Time, and it's uh, Tuesday, February 15th. Happy... Lated Valentine's Day for those of you who uh, weren't didn't join us yesterday. And Scott, happy Tuesday to you. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, but first rule of management: never blame the coffee. Oh, don't blame the coffee.
1: Okay, it's on me. I'm late because I started it late, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh our coffee pot. I make. I wish there was a three-fourth settings because a half a pot is not enough, but a full pot we never finish it. So I have to make it twice. I have to do a small one first and then a half pot. So every it's always. Just one extra step,
2: but go French press. It's it's easy. It really is. But that might not be enough for two people, though. So, I'm yeah. the only one that drinks coffee in my house. Yeah, we got a really nice coffee maker on our wedding
1: registry from my great aunt and uncle, which is uh, it's got a little frother on it. And you can do cold brew, iced coffee, et cetera, et cetera. I just do the classic, you know, hot coffee. I'll drink hot coffee when it's, you know, 100 degrees out. But uh, welcome in, everybody. We got Luke Wright is in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm an Oregon Ducks fan for my college team. If Denver got a Duck player, who would we get? God Kayvon on Thibodeau. Come on down, baby. That, that would be amazing. Um, It's probably not Thibodeau Oregon duck players in the draft. There there's a, uh, there's a cornerback off the top of my head uh, who his name is escaping me right now. And there's also Verdell, the running back who's pretty talented as well. Um, uh, The guy who <laughs> I wish he was in this draft class. We could talk about him, but uh, Noah Sewell, Penny Sewell's brother is a uh, really talented. He'd probably be the number one off ball linebacker for Scott uh, in this class. Um, He's really fun. I really enjoyed watching the, you know, I'd like to denigrate. Is that the right word? Talk down about the linebacker position, the non-pass rushing linebackers. Um, But if you get a chance to go back to this last year, you get two matchups of incredible off-ball linebacker play with Utah versus Oregon. Devin Lloyd versus
2: Noah Sewell. Fantastic linebackers. Well, and Colin Wood might have the best answer of all. Wow. I mean... <laughs> he didn't say necessarily in the draft, did he? Yeah, no, he didn't specify. So, that actually, if again, it's not a high percentage, but if oh. I was going on a percentage line, Mariota might be first. He might be, yeah, no, honestly, that's or a, always uh... Freeman comes back. You never know, you don't want a one year deal, but yeah. that's a, that's not a bad shout, Colin.
0: Listen up, Broncos country tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because. They save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick pick that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, Tick Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet-and-greet for Week 3 at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit tickpick.com/huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. No, not at all. Um the draft guys that stick out to me
1: Michael Wright and I think CJ Verdell. He kind of got injured and fell off, but uh, he's an interesting one. Uh thank you so much for the question, Luke. Hopefully your Ducks I'd be a little bit scared if I was a Ducks fan. Uh, not going to lie. Lincoln Riley the Ducks have kind of gotten fat on the Los Angeles talent. And I think that well is probably going to dry up because those guys are going to probably be staying home. But we'll see that for
2: years. They've been saying that since the Anthony Thomas went up there, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, they're still going to get
1: some guys, but USC has been losing the t- like cave on Thibodeau's of yeah, the world. It like it the the been 15 years. It yeah. hasn't
2: been 15 years that the Anthony Thomas, I was I was in L.A. I moved out to L.A. in six. Well, it's been 16 years. Yeah. If, uh, and he was probably four years in there, so it has. It's probably been yeah. 10, 12 years since you know DeAnthony Thomas pulled the shocker. And the mamba yeah. went up to Oregon. If if Oregon, this is not to get way off the re- I'm not even that
1: big of a recruiting person, but if Oregon's gonna stick around um as far as a top top type of program, probably gonna have to move more to Vegas and the Phoenix area where you have a lot of transplant population talent. Cause I think a lot of the LA kids are gonna stay home with Lincoln Riley.
2: But, yeah, but there's so many we'll more see. of them. You know, there's yeah. two hundred and fifty yeah. The kids in California plus the, uh, you know, the, the middle to northern California kids plus the junior colleges. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's just more like the places that have the transient populations are more likely to be balkanized to a sense with the top prospects where like top kids from Southern California. Probably a lot. of them going to stay at USC now with Lincoln Riley. I, I would at least uh, sunny days. Good morning. Good to see you, Jacob Foster. Hopefully you got uh, you've been in contact with us to get you the shirt that uh, you or the gear, or whatever is going to be that you won from uh, all your contributions from Al High Insiders. But we appreciate you this morning and on Broncos for Breakfast. Good morning
2: to you. We also yeah, got good morning, Mark. Mark. Mark Mark is already here this morning. Good morning, Mark. And then Miguel coming in also saying good morning, fellas. Hope you're having a great day. Ready for free agency? You know what was surprising to me because when I got into sports media was that that free agency is actually the biggest traffic driver. digital media traffic i thought it'd be the draft you know i grew up in atlanta they didn't ever get free agents so i was ignorant to just how big free agency actually is to real franchises Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah free agency is going to be fun especially when you're dealing with as much cap money as as the denver broncos have free agency could be a lot of fun this year ready as well
1: yeah it should be a lot of fun um you can build a Competent team in free agency. You got do have to probably have a core through the draft, but um, there's some positions I'm curious to see what the Broncos going to do, and that's a great transition here. Um, something that I think we should talk about: Von Miller returning to Denver? Question mark? Um, obviously there has been the Broncos and Von Miller ended on very good terms. i uh, put it in relationship status. Um, you know, a guy got fired from his job and he's like, I got to take this other gig uh, elsewhere, and I still love you, and I know you got to stay home or whatever, but we're going to send you elsewhere. So Von Miller goes off better situation for a bit um never forgetting about his roots where he's from and uh wins the ring wins the trophy now he's free again maybe gonna come back so um there's not a lot of teams that have the the cash that von miller might be interested in i think he's gonna get probably 16 to 20 million a year um even at his age just the market i mean there's there's a big drop at the edge uh top of the edge contracts on down it goes from like 27 million to 17 million and five contracts uh but um that's a uh, Von Miller maybe coming back. Uh, I think I think it's a possibility. I think they ended on good terms. Denver needs an edge rusher. I I definitely think it's more possible than I thought at the moment he was traded.
2: Yeah, I said all along from the very get go that they you don't make this trade without Von's blessing. It just doesn't yeah. happen. Um, you know, the, a, a new general manager can't do that to the the face of the franchise without him yeah. saying okay. It's one of the reasons why he got to pick his place for the most part. He goes to L.A. and you know now I know he comes out and says. It was a surprise. It was a shock. And it's always, even when you see it coming, it's still a shock. Even when you know it's coming, Mm -hmm. it's still a shock. That doesn't mean he didn't know it was coming. That didn't mean he didn't have an idea that where he was going and when and that he was going. And again, it was right by the Broncos. It was good for the Rams. It was good for Vaughn. So everybody should be pretty happy about it. Does that mean I think he's coming back to Denver I think Vaughn ends up back in a place that made at least made the playoffs. Or you look like a damn skippy playoff team if yeah. you are if you're the Denver Broncos because he's earned the right where he's not he's earned it both through his play and through his contracts that he's not chasing the biggest deal at this point. There's mm-hmm. I, I just I don't believe that. I, I believe he'll get bigger offers. He won't take the biggest offer, is my prediction. He'll, yeah. he'll play in a place that is the best fit for him. Could that be Denver? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. A
1: lot of it will depend on what happens at the quarterback position, uh, but we'll keep getting into it here. So there's, th- cause I keep on appealing back this onion on the Von Miller discussion, silver Yoshi morning guys new to this channel, watch a few replays and was up for this one. Well, good to see you. Um yeah, going thanks. to watch live, Appreciate you live. He also says, I love the new coaching staff. Win a lot of youth. Can't wait for the off season to start off seasons here, baby. It's good times. Uh, Ethan coming in. Good morning, Broncos gents in Broncos country. Sean Burns is in the house. Good morning. Great to see you, EJ. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Uh, Colin saying, Von has to come back for his chickens. I think his chickens are in Texas. So, um, you know, it's, it's whatever. Von Miller did. Uh, did you watch Game of Thrones like a total nerd back uh, when that was, really yeah, of high? course.
2: I actually joked. I'm like, all of y'all that used to make fun of us for playing Dungeons and Dragons when we were kids that are Game of Thrones fans, we, we forgive you. Yeah, we forgive yep. you.
1: I uh, did a viral tweet back in god it would have been 2017 that von just co-opted uh just stole my work which is fine but um yeah i did like a von miller uh father of chickens mounter of quarterbacks like just the really long titles 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 and then he took it and put it on his instagram it's like you know what if there's one person i'm okay doing that is von miller so we'll, yeah, we'll move that's on that's okay <laughs> doug freeland uh good morning guys good to see you doug we got duped plebs coming in the question should be how much money would denver need to pay von since he'd never sniff the super bowl again um Duped, I don't like the negativity. Um, it's very hard to reach the Super Bowl, but it can happen. If you have a good team, it can happen. Bengals are two years removed from the number one overall pick and built a defense overnight via free agency. Um, and with a god-awful offensive line, they still made it to the Super Bowl. Is it a hard road to reach the Super Bowl? For sure, but there's a there's a reality out there. Maybe it's an alternate reality, but there's reality out there where the Broncos win the Super Bowl next year, where things break their right way, where off season goes the right way, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I mean, is it is it probable? No, but I wouldn't say that he'd never uh, sniff the Super Bowl again. We don't know how this offseason is going to play out yet, and Von Miller could be a big piece of the puzzle of getting things right and getting on the right track.
2: Yeah, probability, uh, no. I, I, I'd put the Rams as the favorite to to come back to. If he's going to take a team friendly deal, it will be back to the one where he's living now, or you know where he's been, and he just won a Super Bowl. Yep. I mean, you see the you know the look on his face, the emotion. There's a lot of love going on in L.A. right now. He played really well and was a big part of that Super Bowl win. So um, I, I think it'd be tough to bring Vaughn back, but not completely out of the question for sure. Yeah, and uh, Howler Surf Bro, or
1: Howler Bro Surf coming in. Um, just read an article saying that Vaughn told McVay in 2018 to come get him. Vaughn loves Denver, but I think he's happy where he's at. He might be happy. He definitely loves Los Angeles. Um, we'll keep getting into that Clayton here on. Morning, guys. Oh, sorry, I gotta fight back that burp. Like Rick Sanchez over here. Uh Sean, Jeremy Sean. Vaughn seems to be want to be near his son. I wouldn't be shocked by a reunion. I mean, the way he talks about Denver, Vaughn is very much a people pleaser. Um, so he's gonna kind of tell you what you want to hear, no doubt about it. But oh my gosh, Luke coming in. That's yeah. <laughs> Luke, good, 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 good morning, morning, Luke.
2: And it's not black. It never got black. I wish I had gotten punched, then I'd known when it was gonna stop looking odd. Yeah, well, it's uh, see, I what, when it really looks strange is when I try and open them both wide, and one of them just stays put. If I scold at you, Luke, then it looks about normal. Exactly. There you go. Well, good morning to you, Luke. Hope you're doing well. Hope your really, uh, hope your coffee's
1: well. I don't know if Luke's a coffee drinker. I can see Luke being an energy drink in the morning kind of guy. Mm. Here we go. We got C.J. Morris in the house too, rocking a K.U. The old school logo. There, I love that. Hello, go Broncos. I know I will get hate for this, but we should go draft Malik Willis. No hate here. Um, risky, no doubt about it. R- Malik Willis has the requisite arm talent, no dip and athleticism that I'm looking for, for a top 10 picket quarterback. He is raw. Um, there's, I don't know. Did you watch his, uh, I've heard a couple people talk about it. Now there's the bags drill where you're stepping up over the bags and you have to throw the football. It's a footwork drill. Mm-hmm. And like, you see all these other quarterbacks and they look great. And then Malik Willis is just super awkward. Like I've never done this drill in my life kind of thing. Which he might not have. And again, yes. that's what
2: I said where, you know, if if you if you like guys, people like going down into the sugarcane fields down in Pahokee, Florida, and getting guys because they've never had three square meal a days, and they chase rabbits for dinner, and they're fast. Now, if you go up to Buford, Georgia, where these kids have been trained and had professional trainers since they were ten years old, they're going to ace those drills, yep. you know, without a doubt. So again if you're worried about if he looks like he hasn't done it, that's easy to fix. You know, Hey, we're going to, we're going to run you through some bags. We're going to run you through some cones. We're going to run you through some ladders. You might not have done that before. That's easy to fix. So if I've got all this athleticism and talent and I know his footwork is bad, we can improve that. That's a positive in my mind. Honestly, it is.
1: Yeah. And the thing about Malik Willis too, is that you're not going to be breaking ground in a new era of quarterback play. You have offenses in the NFL right now that are using concepts with a quarterbacks who you know one read and go kind of situations or high low and take off kind of situations with uh, the Eagles with Wink Martindale and not Wink Martindale um, gosh I did this yesterday offensive coordinator with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson so you can kind of do a little bit of a a la carte with some of the plays and the schemes there if you're a good offensive coordinator um, with Malik Willis early on personally I think he should get a year on the bench I know that's kind of some people think oh they don't get better when they play I want him to develop habits where instead of the first read being covered dropping and running because he has the God-given gifts I want him to go through his reads and I think that takes a step back and kind of just cultivating him for a year with like what the 49ers are doing with the with Trey Lance but uh who knows uh, there's different ways to do it and every guy's different Chris Hernandez Chris, Chris go ahead
2: some stars thank you Chris buying us coffee this morning and Trevor with a comment that so I heard Willis at the trash can in the corner of the end zone from a long way away accuracy was pretty good that's a that's a drill where they put it in the corner of the end zone and they they throw fade routes basically into the hoop uh, or or long passes. And I'll tell you a story. One of the elite 11 competitions, the local high school uh, had the receivers out there just working and catching and stuff. Mm. And they started playing a game where they'd stand two kids on either side of the line from a ball coming in from about 50 yards out and they couldn't flinch. It was basically a chicken drill. They had to mm. sit, stand there and by God, every once in a while one of them would get just drilled in the, you know, somewhere other than the hands off a ball coming in on one of those drills where the ball's flying in from 50 yards out of pointy, hard football to the sternum. And, you know, boys will be boys.
1: Yep, as dinguses. That's that's the word I'll use. Uh, Juan <laughs> Espinoza coming in saying, good morning, gentlemen. What do you think of the coaching staff compared to Vicks? Um, I am a seeing-as-believing kind of guy. Um, sometimes that doesn't make for the spiciest takes, but this is a lot of young, new guys. I, I think it's very interesting that it's so college-oriented. Um, with a lot of these positional coaches. So, I mean, that's just, there's such a blank information about how these guys will connect with the professional players compared to college players, um, the techniques that they're going to bring in on. it's And you don't get the tape to analyze these guys like we do the play on the field. So, wait and see, hope for the best. Um, I am cautiously optimistic, but that's just based on choosing to live in that reality where I'd rather be optimistic than pessimistic because we just don't know. Um, Miguel coming in too. What did y'all think of about uh, about that comment about Hackett's offense being good for Locke? Um,
2: I think I'm gonna, that I'm going to put on. Let me let me grab this one, Nick. I'm okay. going to put on my my coach speak translator for you. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett's offense does the best job of putting quarterbacks in the best position, so it's going to be really good for Drew Locke. Translation: I don't really care who the quarterback is because I'm going to put the quarterback in the best position to succeed. That's mm-hmm. my job. So. Yeah. Lock is your quarterback. If it was mentioned about Lock, it's because Lock's your quarterback. It doesn't have anything to do with Drew Lock. If you're reading into Drew Lock on that one, it's because you want to read in about Drew Lock. Mm-hmm. Just like the initial, the the initial George Payton's out there asking, uh, getting interviewed on the radio about, do you, you know, does is it important that this guy has a plan for Drew Lock? Oh yeah, definitely. He's got a place. They're going to have to have a plan for Drew Lock. They're going to have to take a look at quarterbacks in the draft. They're going to have to know quarterbacks in free agency. By saying everything, you say nothing. So that's what I think about the comments about Hackett's offense being good for Drew Locke. Just replace Locke with the quarterback, and that's all that he's saying. Locke just happens to be the only quarterback you've got under a contract right now.
1: The McVay, Kyle Shanahan offense tree right now is as quarterback friendly as any in the NFL. Um, maybe outside of the heavy spread 11-10 personnel that you're going to see from Brian Dable, but that's not as, that has not taken his root in the NFL like the Kyle Shanahan, McVay-centric uh, West Coast offense wide zone. They do it differently because the personnel-wise is different, 12-21 versus 11. Um, but, you know, Jared Goff was a, was good in the McVay offense, but he couldn't really operate in the drop back pass game. Not smart enough, not good enough with the arm, not good enough with different angles. And it was better under Matt Stafford. So obviously better quarterbacks, better and better offensive systems. Max powers coming in with two euros saying thoughts on the people saying Vic didn't get pounds. Oh, pounds. Excuse me. Um, thoughts on people <laughs> saying Vic didn't get uh, defensive coordinator offers. Um I'm guessing he did get offers. Uh, People want his defense badly. It's not to the extent of Kyle Shanahan slash McVay offensively taking root in the league, but people want to run the too high offense. It almost happened overnight. People were starting to match quarters, pre-snap too high because Vic was stalling these better quarterbacks and people have data, teams are not stupid. So I think that Vic was getting offers, but I think maybe not the offer he wanted. Also, maybe he wants time to sit back for a second. You know, he just went through three seasons of the world of suck, which Denver has been. Part of partially his fault, no doubt about it, but he was there. um. So he, the offers Probably aren't going to go away. $25 in the bank, Nick. Yeah. At least. Offers are not going to go away. Uh, I would not. I would push against people saying Vic did not get offers. Well, I've heard. Go ahead.
2: The other part of this is people aren't going to offer it unless he's going to take it. So they're yeah. going to feel around, feel around. We have a deal. Talk about this. Yep. And until they've got an agreement to take it, they won't actually offer it because they don't want him to say that, oh, I turned down the offer. Well, he never actually offered. Yep. If Vic Fangio wanted... If he had to have a job this year, right now, to earn a living, he'd have one. Yep, he'd have one.
1: Yep. It's like so I'm not part getting of this a job is on him.
2: Maybe it's not the right mm-hmm. situation. Maybe I didn't want to go to those spots. I'm filthy rich. I can sit out a year. If Vic Fangio wanted to have a job in the NFL, he'd have one.
1: Yeah absolutely uh it's kind of like you're not getting job offers as much if you're not putting in applications right <laughs> if you're not well, a, and, and the people that
2: are after you you know i'm, I'm waiting for something else so they didn't yep. actually offer me a job yep. you know hey would you be interested yeah let's talk let's you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit and yep. you know as you're feeling out the candidate it's like he ain't gonna take this job i'm not even gonna bother offering it i don't want to feel it have a, a kickback on my face
1: yep Absolutely. Roy Osborne coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Now, good morning to you. Trying to decide what flavor of coffee I want. Um, hot and fast. Give it to me now. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I've almost already finished hey, it's my a
2: family show.
1: Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> um, but happy the day after Valentine's Day. Uh, How bro Brosurf saying, hey, Nick, have you been to Oregon? Amazing hikes and it's close to you. I've been to Oregon in 2018. I did a backpacking trip near Mount Hood. Uh, actually proposed to my wife at Ramona Falls while during that backpacking trip. Um, I had the, we crossed a pretty high, uh, river that was about knee, mid thigh high. And when you're crossing those, you're supposed to unpack your, or unclip your backpack. Cause if you fall, you, th- you those are material things. Like it sucks. You lost those, but like, you're going to have a hard time getting up with your pack on you. If water's pushing on you, I had the ring on me. So like I crossed it, I did not unbuckle. the the now wife is like, you should have probably undone your pack. Right. But like, we talked about that right before. I was like, oh yeah. Whoopsie. Cause I had the ring. I was not losing that ring for. Hell or high water, literally. Um, but uh, yeah, Oregon's beautiful. Would like to get back down there. Uh, we got uh, Mike Givens in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Kayleon Green. always like to say hello to Kayleon. Um, of course, uh, the I want to get back to Von Miller here. So probably 16 to 20 million is interesting to me. A team that, and I think Von Miller's legacy in Denver, no matter what happens, is probably cemented. The thing that scares me about Von Miller is that there's a team that makes a lot of sense for him. The Los Angeles chargers. That team needs another edge rusher opposite of Joey. Bosa. I was Bosa. thinking
2: that too, Nick. I'm like, would he go to the chargers, you know, not have to change locales. If he's got an apartment or wherever he's staying. Yeah. Wouldn't be hard.
1: He knows the verbiage of the defense. Um, Brandon Staley. He was doing an iteration of it with the Rams folks. So people like, Oh, Vic never used Von Right. Well, uh, it's the same defense Brandon Staley was using the same defense that Raheem Morris was using maybe different flavors but the same tenants um Vaughn was dropping back into coverage almost three times as much per game for the Rams as he was for the Broncos so you know that's something that might make sense Chargers have a lot of money they definitely have need for defensive line talent um and that's a team that's looking to draft an edge I think they're at pick 17. If they pay Vaughn with and they have a rookie cost controlled quarterback, they can. Um, they have the ability to pay those guys. Uh, I think it makes sense. I don't know if Vaughn would do that because he is, you know, Broncos true and true. And I think that maybe he would think that might hurt his legacy in Denver, where he actually has, you know, a legacy. He'll always be a hero there. Maybe that would take a bite out of that. Uh, but I think it's a on paper, it's one that makes sense to me with the position, the need, the location, the up-and-coming team. I mean, Make no mistake about the Chargers this year. They should have made the playoffs. They're better than the Raiders. I know they've lost to them, but they had one horrible, abhorrent weakness, which was the run defense. That's an easy fix. That's an easy fix in one offseason with the resources they have. So I think they're a team to beat next year. Everybody said that forever. I know it's the Chargers, but
2: the Chargers are sitting on almost 60 million in available cap space. Yes. So, you know, I don't want to use 15 or 16 on Vaughn if I'm the Broncos. That's about a third or more of your available cap space. Uh, but if I could go 15 on Vaughn and still have 40, 45 left over, hmm, I might be a little more interested on that mm-hmm. one. Um again, I think with his injury history and age, he's I think he's in for a pay cut. I think he's going to be it's going to be tough for him to come up with 3 years. You just look at the look at the edge rushers that are, you know, the speed guys and they 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 decline rapidly.
1: Yep, they do. They tend to Vaughn is pretty still twitched up and so good with his hands and his flexibility that maybe he is one of the rare ones that uh, can stay at that level. But uh, the cliff will be coming at some point. You would assume Chris Hernandez coming in saying morning. Go Broncos. Good to see you. Uh, we got Trevor saying I heard Willis hit the trash. can." Oh, we saw that one already. That's good. And it was Greg Roman. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm working my way through the comments here. Um, <laughs> Duped plebs coming in saying Willis can't pass and Judy can't catch. It'd be a perfect combo. That's not very nice, dude. Come on. We, we talked about this about positivity.
2: It's, it's not real nice, but it's funny. Yeah, no, it's it is funny. Well, I think it, we talk about the it thing yesterday. is is if Willis is accurate, he, he's gonna hit you hard enough that it'll just stick to you. You know, yeah. the ball's gonna leave you, hit you, hit you in the sternum and, and just stay there. All you gotta do is just reach up and hold it. So yeah. um again, it would be interesting. I think you you go one year of Drew Locke and then Drew Locke's d- done. You know, it's just right out his last year of contract. If you draft a, if you draft a guy like Willis and then Drew Locke is done um you're not bringing him back he's remember y'all he's only got one year left on his contract that I, I feel mm-hmm. like that just gets overlooked all the time when we're talking about a long-term answer at quarterback as if Drew is a Bronco for life if you want him maybe he is but you know with one year on the contract I, I'm again I'm not willing to just go ahead and connect that dot but uh the thing with Willis is he could be productive as a rookie you could put packages in for him you know one read um uh, where you know, the Falcons use Mike Vick a lot when they had Chris Chandler, uh, goal line situations, short yardage situations, uh red zone where he was running, running the ball a lot and having, you know, quick uh, RPOs that you could get something out of Malik Willis your first year, even if you're not ready for him to be your starting quarterback. So um, I could get on board with Malik Willis, but it wouldn't be my choice at nine.
1: Yeah. I mean, quarterback for the quarterback position in general, I believe what I can see um, for that, you know, the traits the, that's something I can see. But after that, it's the intangibles and in what's inherent in that guy in his mind and in his heart. Um, I think the number one trait for your quarterback is he has to be a psychopath competitor. I'm seeing the guys who are great. Like they need to be like one, like buddy, are you okay? Like you just lost it. You know, a game of pool. Like it's not it's not the end of the world. No, he's frothing at the mouth, like breaking the table, you know, maybe controlling it a little bit, but they need to be psycho competitors. They can't just be like if they lose a starting job. You know, I want the Michael Jordan mentality where if you're like, oh, you didn't you were cut from your high school basketball team. Okay, bet. I'm gonna go on and become the best player of all time. That that's the type of guy that you need. A literal somebody who loves football, but maybe a little bit of a football psycho as well.
2: Well, some some of it. I'm also of the, you know, the when you're playing so many games now, what are you playing? 20 games if you go all the way. Yeah. Um. Maybe 21 plus preseason and stuff. That it's almost like a baseball season where you can't get too high and too low. You so yeah. Yeah, there's a flip a side of that too. You know, and I'm say, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying think of it the other way that you know Joe Cool is Joe Cool for a reason because you don't know if he's you know it's a quiet competitiveness. Yeah. But it's not. A, I'm not too high and I'm not too low. Yeah. Um. So I, I like I like a little bit of that calm assuredness from my quarterback too. But I I know what your point is.
1: Yeah, they got to they got to be a psycho competitor um, and they got to have
2: and that comes off the field. Honestly, a lot of that comes off the field where, again, the stuff you don't see when it comes for the preparation mentally and physically for being cool, calm and collected on the field.
1: Yep. And you got to love the game too, because you talk about it being a baseball season. That's a lot of hits. That's a lot of time prepping and getting ready. And uh, if you don't love it, you're not going to have that edge compared to some of these other guys. So you, you got to be competitive and you got to love it. Uh, Michael coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Bronx for breakfast. Good to see you. I don't know if James here is uh, retorting you saying perception is reality when it comes to what coaches say. Coaches, it's called coach speak for a reason. Hmm. Um, You know, that's they say a whole, a whole lot of nothing. You know, who's amazing? At Coach Speak, this guy, I mean, in a different life, he was a politician. George Payton, that dude is as smooth as a baby's bottom when he talks. I mean, it's unbelievable. And he says a whole lot of nothing every time. And it's like, it sounds so intelligent. He's taking you on a nice little walk with a story here. And then it's, you know, just get absolutely no information. Oh, we're going to look at every single position in the draft. All right, well, I'm back where I was, but at least I enjoyed. I have a little bit of clips that I can pull out of here, what you said. But I didn't really glean anything
2: from it. It's funny. It's like, um, will you consider a quarterback at nine. Oh. Definitely. We'll definitely consider a quarterback at nine. We're also going to look at all the available players, running back edge, offensive line, tackle corner. We're we're going to evaluate all of our options. Headline George Payton says he's looking at quarterback. You know, that that, that's the sound bites that we're pulling from, from the general manager speak what you want. And uh, he ain't saying anything and he's not going to say anything. And even if he says it, you can't believe it. Like I've said, the best thing for the Broncos right now is if Matt Corral, Malik Willis, uh, Kenny Pickett, Desmond uh, Desmond Ritter, all these guys all of a sudden jump into the top five contention and top con- top ten contention. That would be the single best thing for the Broncos. Yep. Because if you want to trade down or if you want one of these other players, you want somebody else reaching on these quarterbacks. Take them. I want Kayvon Thibodeau to fall. I want Kyle Hamilton to fall to nine because you idiots took three quarterbacks in the top eight. God, so expect, expect them so to talk weird. up quarterback. Expect them to talk to talk up some players that they might not even go on. And I think someone pointed out in the chat yesterday, he's like, they ended up last year taking Pat Sertan, a player that they never was never linked with. And I'm like, well, that's who I linked with, the Broncos, because that made sense. You can't mm-hmm. go by what they're saying. Watch what they do, not what they say, because they're going to lie. Yep. It's yep. it's a poker game. They It's bluffing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, absolutely. It is bluffing and uh, shout out to Patrick Smythe Broncos PR guy who's climbing that ladder there in Denver. He honestly could be the press uh, press secretary for the president. I swear to God, he's so good at what he does. (laughs) The some of the stuff man that doesn't get out. It's incredible. Uh, Mike Woodward. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you, Mike. Um, We got uh, Gabriel Felix in here saying uh, Gabriel really coming in in the comments are good to see you, Gabriel morning to you. Want to make sure we're saying hi to everybody. Steve coming in. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you, Steve. Uh, Great picture there in the orange. Awesome. See, we got Jay Milzo Ryan coming in saying, what about edge or offensive line at nine and second round get Desmond Ritter? Pretty smart and he can audible and call plays himself instead of leaning on coaches. Desmond Ritter is a very smart quarterback. The issue with Desmond Ritter is that his, and I can't break it. It's really frustrating because a lot of times you you can see not to pick on him, but like Drew Locke, like, oh, he's on his back foot. He's not balanced. His footwork is, you know, not great. uh, Just and the Accuracy is erratic because of it. Ritter's mechanics don't look terrible, but his accuracy is shoddy. It's just, it's, you know, he'll give him 10 throws. Eight of the 10 will be good. And then two of them are like, man, what the bleep are you doing? It's one sailing high and one's being turfed. And it doesn't look like it's me- totally mechanical, at least in the base. So I don't know. But in, in second round, yes, you're taking a guy who's low end starter, high end backup, uh, cost controlled with athleticism and intelligence and leadership traits that helped turned around a program in Cincinnati. That's a great pick. Maybe it's not one that takes you to the moon at the quarterback position, but that's a great pick in this draft specifically. Um, I like where your head's at with this conversation. Scott keeps saying third round for Ritter. He's going to go top 50,
2: yeah. I would say. And, and maybe, and that's because the mocks, you know, when it, yeah. when you do the draft simulators, I can get him in the third, and I can get sometimes Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis fall to me in the second. Yeah. You do enough of them, you're like, wait a minute. I got Kayvon Thibodeau at eight. Yeah. Um, So if, he, if you can get him... Especially if you can get him with that second pick in the second round, I, I love it. I, I do. I, I like Ritter and mm. all the things you said. I can't put my finger on why it's not working. That's why you've got a head coach who's a quarterback coach. Yeah. So that's that's a good thing. You know, yeah. if you're talking about, all right, this guy's 25 or 26 years old and his mechanics are still bad. Okay, now you're in trouble. Uh, you know, you're not fixing a release. You know, I, I, you all have heard me say before about Tim Tebow's reworking his release, and people bought it. Oh, he, yeah. no, you're not. Not after you've thrown the ball the same way since you were eight years old, you're not going to redo how you do, how you release the ball. You might change your hands. It's like a batting stance. You might change your stance. You might, you know, do something like that. But when that swing comes through, that's your swing. You might finish a little higher or whatnot. But when push comes to shove, that ball was dropping down to his ankles when Tebow was throwing the ball. And and all the work in the world wasn't going to change that. So if it's like, okay, why? His mechanics look good. Why? Okay, well, I don't know why. I bet Nathaniel Hackett might though, so I, I yeah. think Ritter is very, very interesting as a as a day two pick. I'm I'm with you on that one.
1: Yeah, and he actually ball comes out of his hand pretty consistently as far as velocity, and he he's can a run. solid enough Man, athlete. He can run. He, he's not
2: Malik Willis as
1: a runner, but he can run, no he doubt run, about but it. But
2: again, you don't have to be. He rushed for over two thousand no. yards in four years at Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, and he they put run. a lot, and they put a lot on his plate too, as far as post-snap processing. Um, I think he does have work to do pre-snap. I think his release maybe needs a little bit of work too, that Alabama game. I know it's a small sample size one game, but they picked up something on tape where I think he's maybe telegraphing his lanes a little bit because they batted, what, five balls down in that one playoff game where he only had four the whole rest of the season. Um, So a little bit slow on that uh, actually seeing where he's going and then getting the ball there. Uh, So that's a concern. But my other concern is he's so skinny. Um, he's a big dude, no doubt, but like he is wiry as heck, and I I wish he had a little bit more meat on his bones, especially in his base, uh, than he has right now. Um, but uh, favorite player who you'd love to see in Denver? Um, I'm going to make this a draft one specifically. Uh, for me, it's Kyle Hamilton. I know that I'm very much a positional value guy, but I think that if there's any position in the NFL right now that is undervalued, it is the safety position. Um, I'm looking for, and with Ajiro Evero coming over, you're looking for Swiss Army knives—guys who can wear many hats on the back end. Um, whether the Broncos are playing match quarters or they're playing uh, cover three out of the two high safety look, having two safeties like Justin Simmons, where it's like which one is walking down? I don't know. That makes it so much harder on the quarterback. And we also saw everybody's seen the play by now in the Super Bowl where Von Bell is held by Matt Stafford, looking at the safety on the curl, and then throws a no-look pass to Cup on a slant. Um, Beautiful. Von Bell has nothing he can do about that. He's playing that walk-down, robber role on a cover-three look. Okay, well, now you insert Kyle Hamilton or Justin Simmons, who are bigger, faster, stronger, longer in that lane. Maybe that pass isn't there because they are, you know, that much bigger and longer and stronger. So uh, I think that, you know, everybody's screaming about, oh, linebacker and coverage, linebacker and coverage. If you're using those two high-safety looks and one of them is walking down to a robber role, that's your guy who's the middle of the field pass defender, right? You're, you're trying to hide your linebacker of a sense because with that, uh, that, that safety in that second level. So I would love to see Kyle Hamilton here, just the stuff you could do on the back end with him and Simmons together with Sertan playing the backside, uh, essentially Island corner. I mean, that's, (laughs) that would be so hard to beat. And that would make Denver such a unique defense to play against.
2: My initial thought on this was Cordero Patterson, favorite player Mm -hmm. you'd love to see in Denver is Cordero Patterson. Uh, it didn't take me long to just absolutely fall in love with Cordero Patterson. The way he plays a game, like his hair's on fire, he plays every snap like he's returning a kickoff. Uh, you know, he attacks the line of scrimmage, he attacks the ball, he fights, high knees, and when he comes off the field, he's got this just megawatt smile. I'm mean, mm-hmm. just lights a place up. You know, you're like, I love this dude, um, and so would you. you and, and he's, you know, I said a lot of good things about the person that Teddy Bridgewater is. That's. All true, Teddy Bridgewater is, but Teddy Bridgewater was at best a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Cordero Patterson is a multi-time all-pro kick returner with that type of tools uh, who kind of got unlocked. So, And then in the draft, um, forget draft pick and spot, N'Kobe Dean would would be there for me um, at, at that inside linebacker position. Basically, I love watching him play. Um, I love good old-fashioned linebacker play. I loved watching Logan Wilson play in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, cleaning up some stuff and just like, see, linebackers do matter, Nick. You know, just uh
1: where were those guys drafted?
2: I know, playing, but playing really well. But again, I'm not talking about draft pick for N'Kobe Dean, oh. but I'd love I'm I'm gonna I'm a Kobe Dean fan. I'm looking forward to watching him him play next.
1: I think Nicobe Dean's gonna be a very good player. I do think that he was in a very ideal situation in Georgia where he did not have to take on a lot of bodies and he gotta play a lot of downhill chase and tackle. Um great he's yeah, it's just Fine. I I love I have, <laughs> yeah. I wish he was a little bit bigger.
2: You didn't, didn't ask who your best player was. Who's yeah. the best player? He said, Who's your favorite player? Do you, you like know, him? A guy, a guy who goes to the University of Georgia, plays you know, college football, captain of a national championship team, a super leader on the field, and graduates with an engineering degree in three years. I'm I'm gonna be a fan. I'm I'm gonna be a fan of this guy. I'm, I'm so again, who's my favorite player? Uh, Teddy Teddy coming in at five bucks saying Packers publicly begging for Rogers to stay. these last two years has to mean love stinks, right? You know, there's a song in there somewhere. I think that's, you know, love stinks. (laughs) We should play some music with that one, Teddy. Oh, or it means they think he's gone and they don't want to come off looking like the bad guys to their fan base. I think that's the flip side of that. Meaning they, they do, you're not really sure until you see what happens. So the flip side of that is listen, we are going to publicly make it look like that we're doing everything we can to keep Aaron Rodgers, even though we know he's leaving that way. Yeah. He can be the bad guy. We can be the good guys and all of the fans are still on our under- side. In the long run, it won't really matter, but yeah. that's the short-term PR game. So it might be that they really do want him and he's a, you know, a franchise legend and they want to keep him in or could mean that he's gone. He's gone already.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's a great question about Love Stinking. I think it has more to do with Rodgers himself. Um his career after he had that really bad collarbone injury where I think it was Emerson Griffin drived him um and then it was not very good. Uh for a bit there I think his numbers were trending down and then the last 2 years, I mean back to back MVP, you can you know you can roll your eyes at the EPA per play and CPOE but like Rodgers is in the top right. And then there's everybody else. So he's been incredible the last 2 years. So I think it's more they saw a guy with tools and the demeanor that they wanted and they thought, okay, worth a shot here this late in the draft. Maybe it's time to start, you know, getting ready to move on from Rodgers. And then Rodgers took that personally again, a guy who's the ultimate competitor. He's like, are you bleeping kidding me? Screw you. I'm going to go out there and be great again. Um, so, um, uh, I think it's more to do with how they didn't expect Rodgers to turn around and be this good at this point in his career when a lot of the signs previous to that were maybe he was starting to hit a wall. Um, but that's another reason that you see, you know, people said that about Tom Brady. People were kind of saying that about Peyton Manning. People are saying that about Russell Wilson right now as well. So I'm, I'm here like, Hey, maybe now is the time to buy low on Russell Wilson. It's as low as it's ever going to be. Um, Lawrence Rivera saying who's the best wide receiver from LSU this year. I, uh, I can't even think of an LSU wide receiver. That's in this draft there aren't class. Any. They there might aren't have any the this number- year. It's a they're strange
2: year. So they're either not mm-hmm. there because um, you know, LSU there's a reason why they went out and fired a national championship winning coach and threw a hundred million dollars at Brian Kelly or um, they're young, but there's not one this year. So we'll have to have to keep an eye an eye out even coming in on Scott's favorite mock draft simulator. It's the only one I use, I use PFN and just because I Googled it, it came up first. Um, I always get Charles Cross at nine over 90% of the time. I still hope we don't have the nine pick. That's for the T far fun, the trade for Aaron Rodgers fun hashtag that DWI guys likes to uh likes to bring in. Um Charles Cross at nine. There's some mixed mixed feelings on Charles Cross at nine in the mile hike huddle community, isn't there, Nick?
1: Yeah, uh yeah, Charles Cross has that's this little bit of up and down on him. If you guys remember, a couple years ago, Washington State had a really smooth pass protector with some good length, but there's a lot of questions about his actual explosiveness, his quick twitch ability, and his run game. And so far that guy has been a major bust. Andre Dillard. Uh Washington Your State best. played in the same uh same scheme, same coach, same offense as what Charles Cross is doing underneath Mike Leach. And you just don't see the ability to roll his hips. You don't see the power to get to and the the ability to climb on tape, but he's really smooth in pass protection going backwards, and he's got length and movement skills. So uh there, there's a reason I think he's comfortably behind Evan Neal and Equano for me. And it's not just you know, pass game is obviously more valuable than the run game, but you have to make the defense think you're gonna run the ball to put them in situations personnel wise, um, f- first step to bite the play action, etc. So you have to at least make them think you'll run it. And with tr- cross, I don't know if you have that card in your pocket right now. So he scares me a bit. Uh, the other thing with Cross is you're talking about left tackle to right tackle. He's only been left tackle where Iquanu and Neil have been all across the line of scrimmage uh, besides center. So you lose versatility there. I don't think he's as scheme versatile too, but if he tests really well, I know he's working with Duke Manyweather, who a lot of people think is a, just a really incredible offensive line guru kind of coach. I know he's worked with uh, Quinn Miners um in the sick bug off season to get him ready for the senior bowl. And then, I mean, Quinn's been, really good pick for the Broncos where they got him. So um, we'll see with cross, but I don't think he is, should be mentioned in the same category as the top two tackles. Definitely a guy that makes sense for the Broncos at nine though. It's just, he's, he's got warts. There's a reason he's fallen to nine in this draft class.
2: And right now for you, I'm hoping the Packers are drafting at nine. At least yeah. they've got the rights to the Broncos pick, at least for a while till they do something with it. Um, but uh, for me and right now, and I haven't, I haven't gotten into this one nearly as deep as I will. There's going to be edge rushers available that I think will be better fits for the Broncos at nine than offensive tackles. So right now I'd still go nine uh, with an edge. And and Wyatt, since we screwed this up yesterday, Nick at forty minutes, yeah. Wyatt says, "Did I miss Draft Tuesday? Work, (laughs) work always got busy when I when the show starts." No, we haven't. We got twenty minutes. We could run through the top ten pretty quickly. Let's do it if you're ready. Uh, And then there's there's one more question coming in from. From Mark, always with the big stars, thank you so much, Mark. So do you guys feel we have a safety on the roster that fits the strong safety profile with Jackson a free agent, with Kareem Jackson a free agent? If not, who do you like in the draft? I don't know that I've seen a 185-pound safety that throws his body around the way that that Kareem Jackson does. Mm -hmm. Um, The closest guy I could think to Kareem Jackson would be Keanu Neal, who was a a longtime uh, safety for the Atlanta Falcons and played with the Cowboys this year and has had just, several bad bad injuries but a box safety who is more of a hitter than a coverer but there's not a lot of guys that fit kareem jackson's profile because he's undersized and a kamikaze he's nuts
1: yeah Yeah, um just to we do want to get to this draft talk here but just to kind of talk about the safety position for denver and whatnot i think the era of the really dichotomized bodies and types for the safety position are over because you don't want to tip your hand pre-snap uh in the draft as far as, or in pre-snap as far as what safety is going to come down and potentially play in the box so you want two safeties who can do a little bit of everything, play the deep safety, play a uh, split field safety, come down and play robber. Uh, Maybe even play in the box from down to down, come down and play over the slot. I mean, especially with the match quarters or too high safety defense that you've seen in Denver. That's taking hold in Denver. Versatility is key. Uh, You do not, you do not see the Earl Thomas versus cam chancellor. I mean, they, though they're, they're safeties, they're totally different body types. That's, that's not what the NFL is doing right now. You want guys who are similar, that can do a lot of different things. Um, So as far as, the strong safety profile, let's just go the Broncos, other safety profile outside of Kyle Hamilton. Um, Lewis sign, uh, from Georgia is a guy who got uh, really athletic comes downhill, very aggressive can do a lot of different things. My favorite other safety in this class is, uh, Daxton Hill, absolute freak athlete. Uh, he's had, I think he's set high school records as far as like spark scores in those pre-draft recruiting or pre college recruiting cycle kind of camps. And, uh, he played mostly slot for Michigan this year. So he can do slot. He can do deep safety. um, And he's incredible at undercutting some of those crossing routes at the second level of the defense. And he hits. You talk about a guy, you know, who hits like Kareem Jackson at, you know, 185. Daxon Hill's is about 195, but he hits like a
2: load of bricks, man, especially on those blitzes. He's a maniac. I don't think that's necessarily a long-term route. That's almost like no. a running back at that point. I'm like, he might, but he's not going to do it for 15 years. Maybe no. he will. But, you know, I, I just if I got a guy that's going to hit like that, I want him to be a little bit bigger. Um, You know, Kareem Jackson didn't always play like that. He's towards the tail end of his, his, uh, his career. He's like, you know what? I got nothing to lose. I'm going out here and throwing it all out there. I I, I love the way Kareem Jackson played. I know he got some stick on, on MHH for his, his coverage abilities, but when you're talking about guys who play with passion and fire in the same sentence, you're saying we need more of those guys. And who are those guys? And then turning around and saying that Kareem Jackson, isn't good enough, you know, yeah. I like. I think you need a Kareem Jackson out there. Yeah. Um, so I, I was a fan of his play, uh, yeah. and, and at least setting it by example. Because whenever I saw a wow, like a flash play, remember you, you, y'all have heard me say before that this team played not to lose, the defense included. Whenever I saw somebody just make a flash play, it was almost always Kareem Jackson out there. who yeah. was fortunately the other side when there's a big play going around the, the other direction. It may have been that way too, but uh, Jay Milzo Ryan coming back in uh, with the super saying uh, sauce Gardner from Cincinnati at nine. Makes sense. May- it does. Maybe. Won't surprise yeah. me a bit. If sauce is a, uh, is uh, is in the top 10 picked at nine.
1: Yeah. It's it feels like after the top two tackles um, and Kyle Hamilton and the top two edges. So the top five it's grab bag. Um, anything from pick six all the way down to hell forty. I've seen guys moved everywhere. Um, so it will be really interesting. Oh, LA Rams fan, getting out of here. Yeah, don't don't, be-
2: don't come in here and just start talking garbage. You know, we welcome fans from other places. Obviously, here I am. I didn't grow up a Denver Broncos fan. Yeah. Uh, but you know, come in and be respectful, or go find something else to do. Come yeah. on, surf some porn or something. Do something. <laughs> Come on,
1: God! It's it is after Late. Valentine's Day, so uh, yeah. I mean, congrats to your team winning the Super Bowl. Um, and really happy for a lot of those guys. So uh, taking the high road here. Um, let's get into it, Scott. I think um we should do the draft here. We're already at forty five minutes. We can run through these top ten picks pretty uh, pretty quickly. And uh, I think last time we did it on your channel, um, I had odds and you had evens. I kind of want to switch today. I'd like to pick for the Falcons, and I want you to pick for the uh, the Broncos. Okay, okay well, me.
2: going into this, I, I went ahead and, and did a top 10, and I got a trade offer from the Detroit Lions at eight to have 32 and 34 in next year's first for the eight pick. I'll, I'll take Detroit Lions next year's number one and then have a 32 and a 34 for the eight. I'd uh, take that. I I would do, of course. Because the Falcons, that, that's probably going to be me two top five picks next year. <laughs> and yeah. I can put those together and get my quarterback. So I would probably take that one too. Um... Number one overall, you know, this is a guy I liked from the very beginning, Jacksonville Jaguars. I would still go Kayvon Thibodeau. I'd take him number one. I think he's got the most upside at a position that's going to make a difference. Um, Evan Neal is probably the safest pick right now, and it'd be nice. You know, hey, if I know I'm going to have a franchise left tackle for a long time to protect my number one overall quarterback last year, I would do that. But I don't necessarily want the safe pick. If I could do Tony Baselli again, if I if I was going to get him, if I knew that's where I was going to go, uh, I'm not mixing him. It was Ogden and Buscelli came out at the same time, two huge guys. If I was going to get Tony Baselli again for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'd take him number one in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I don't yep. think that's him. I don't think this is Evan Neal. So I want to go with the upside guy. And uh, I think a lot of the talk that you're hearing about Kavon Thibodeau is teams below there hoping that he falls to them. Man, he really bad attitude. You know, don't take him because we're gonna. So right. I'm going Kavon Thibodeau.
1: Kavon Thibodeau, good pick there. Um, Dupe, please come make me laugh again. Imagine how Kenny Young feels today. Kenny Young still gets a ring, so obviously it's unfortunate. Yeah, I bet you he feels a little bit upset that he didn't get to be a part of that Super Bowl. He would have been better than any of the linebackers the Rams had on the field. Didn't matter. Oh, the linebacker didn't matter for the Rams, um, but they had elite players elsewhere, so they could overcome it. But uh, he still gets a ring. Number two for me, I think it sounds like the Detroit Lions are trying really hard to trade back from this pick. They really would like a team to come up and get a quarterback or something, um, even though they need a quarterback. That's They like Malik Willis, but maybe not at uh, two. So I'm going to give them here Aiden Hutchinson, um, I know that it's a little bit, oh, the guy from Michigan going to play for the Lions, blah, blah, blah. But this team needs talent on the defense. The fact that Aaron Glenn got any uh, job offers this last year after how bad the Detroit Lions uh, defense was on paper shows that they probably got something there with the defensive coordinator, but they got to get more guys. Jeff Akuda got injured early in the season, so they're going to get him back, but they need some horses up front. I think Aiden Hutchinson, he's not elite. But he is very good, versatile, strong, and you have a very high floor player with him. So I'll go Hutchinson at the second pick.
2: All right. So that brings up me with the Houston Texans. Now let me look because again, Neil might make sense here, but you know they may have. I don't know their 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 roster well. And I'll see. I look at their tackles, and they I see right uh, you know Jerron Christian Senior, Max Sharping, Titus Howard, and they all stink. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you got to go Evan Neil here um, yep. if they don't do something in free agency. You know, again, I'm not above taking Kyle Hamilton as high as one, honestly. And when I'm, I'm going to do a show, I'm going to do a show on my channel and I'm going to bring in uh, Brian Driscoll of uh, uh, and he's a Notre Dame writer. And I'm going to say, listen, tell me how crazy I am to take Kyle Hamilton number one overall. And we're, I'm going to get all kinds of hate for it. I don't care. It'll be fun. And I'm gonna let him talk me into it. But when you can't protect the quarterback, um, then the safety is a little bit of a luxury. So. I'm going Evan Neal, number three, Houston Texans. Great pick there. Great pick.
1: Um, I am on the clock now with the New York Jets with the fourth overall pick. And I'm going to go with something a little bit different here, just because, you know, cookie cutter stuff's a little bit boring. So I'm going to go with kind of a surprise pick here. I know if there was Jets fans in here, they'd say, they said they'd never do this, but like both edge rushers are gone. And I would have probably taken Neil here. I don't know if I like uh Iquanu enough here to take him. I'm thinking about Equanu, but not here. Um, I'm going to go with sauce Gardner at four overall here. Um, they Robert Salah plays really heavy emphasis on cover three. You want a quarterback with some length, with some ball skills, with some tenacity at the line of scrimmage. Gardner can have some issues down the field, but I'm going to let him mean mug at the line of scrimmage playing more cover three kind of looks. So uh, I'm going to go sauce Gardner here at four overall. He tests well. He's probably the safest, uh, safest outside cornerback pure outside cornerback in this class. Um, so just switching it up. I think that it's an interesting fit. Uh, and I'm going to lean to the positional value as well. So sauce Gardner going to the big apple four overall.
2: Yeah. Looking at the giants. I mean, I feel like they've got better receivers than just looking at the pro football focus graves and the stats. Then, then they get them credit for considering, you know, Daniel Jones is, is questionable. You know, do you look at Traylon Burks, you know, maybe this high possibly they need weapons, man, they you really know, do. as a weapon yeah. for, for the giants. But you know, I, I'm, I'm not You also letting, have pick 7
1: coming up. So you got to think about the game like would who would Carolina not take uh if you want somebody there.
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm going to I'm I'm going to go who I think the best player in the draft is. I'm not letting Kyle Hamilton fall below 5. Uh I don't care about the and, and they've got Xavier McKinney, um but you know, if I've got two safeties like that, like we've talked about, if I've got two safeties like that, and again, I can do so many things with a 6'4" 220 pounds safety. I can walk him up as an edge rusher if I need to. That I'm going Kyle Hamilton for uh for the uh, the Giants at five and uh, the uh, the 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 PFN simulator that I'm looking at, they had Andrew Booth actually. They took they took Andrew Booth, but they had Carl Loftus going to the Jets at four. So one of those where a lot of interesting things happen. But I would go. Um, I'm not going to go wide receiver, even though another weapon would be nice, especially the size. I like the size a little bit better than the quick twitch when I'm, quick twitch when I'm talking about northern teams uh, playing in the weather, uh, but. Again, Kyle Hamilton, I think he would be ripe, pun intended on that one, uh, for the Big Apple, playing in New Jersey just because of his personality, his, his, and all the things that come with it. You know, Notre Dame kid, smart, good looking, great player. I think he'd be a perfect fit with the Giants.
1: Well, there goes my dream, but uh, no, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I'm surprised that this guy is falling, but I'm not going to take him yet. I thought that was a prime spot for a there. That's the team that needs offensive line help terribly, but you have pick seven coming up too. And guess what? You bet, right? Carolina hasn't, has had a different left tackle every year, dating back to like 2011. There's some crazy stat where they have not had a consecutive season left tackle, but this is a team that knows that if they don't get it right this year, they're fired. Um, And it sounds like they really like this quarterback. So I'm going to go here. I would not do it to, at, at all, but I'm going to try and to predict what's going to happen here, not necessarily what I would do. So I'm going to go Kenny Pickett here with this pick. Um, he's a safe quarterback. I rule recruited him to Temple also when he was a high school guy. There's a lot of connections there uh, dating back. These two guys know each other. Apparently, there was a lot of interest um, during the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, So I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to lean into it. Maybe this is me hoping that it'll happen as well, because uh, I would like Pickett to be off the board when the Broncos pick. I'm not even to give them an option because I am not in on him at all, but uh, I'm going to go pick it here at six for the Panthers, a team that's desperate at the quarterback position, desperate to get it right this year, makes a somewhat desperate pick. And this is also the Panthers' only top 100 pick this year.
2: And it's, yeah, that makes it different. And it's also the Panthers who have a nice – decent history of screwing up the quarterback position yeah so pour more resources into the quarterback position panthers but uh. you know kenny pickett again the next drew Brees, kenny pickett might be you know he's not all that big yeah. but, but he's got he I, I like his moxie about him i like his attitude i like his arm there's a lot of things i do like about him that so, uh, i don't he like he could his be a good quarterback for the panthers for a long long time um but you know that that means uh Iki Aquanu falls right in the lap of the New York Giants. And I'm coming out as the New York Giants with Kyle Hamilton and, and Ika McQuanu. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm, I'm real happy on that. So I'm going offensive tackle might be the best offensive tackle in this class uh, length, feet, size, attitude, need all of those things for the Giants. I'm pretty happy.
1: Yeah. And, uh, if that happened, I would be buying stock in uh, Saquon Barkley <laughs> because, my God, that's a, that's a guy who's going to blast open some holes from them. And, you know, we always kind of talk about it after the draft, like, oh, he was the top guy on our board. I think if the Panthers GM, a guy who's coming from Buffalo, said that, oh, Hamilton and Equanu were our number one and number two players on our board, I'd buy it because I think that's a feasible that's a feasible draft board. If you take out positional value, Hamilton might be the best player ever, and I know that there are some teams that have Aquanu as the – at least reportedly. I don't know these teams said it, but people in the industry have said that Equanu is number one on a lot of teams boards. So we'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, now I am on the pick with the eighth overall selection. And uh, so far we've had Thibodeau, Hutchinson, Neal, Gardner, Hamilton, Pickett, and Iquanu go off. So the Falcons now at the seventh overall pick. Eighth. Eighth, excuse me. Eighth overall pick. Um, Scott, I'm going to give you one that's going to raise your eyebrows as well, but this is a guy who I think is One going of them still to- goes up. Yeah, one of them still goes up. Um, Like I said, I think the the obvious top tier of this class is already gone at this point with Aquanu coming off the board. I would have taken Aquanu if he was here. I would have taken Hamilton if he was here. Those guys are gone. So I'm going to go with who's the freakiest height, weight, speed guy left on the board for my trenches. And I personally think that's going to be Trevon Walker. Uh, edge rusher slash defensive tackle from Georgia. He is six foot four, six foot five, 275 pounds. He can play across the line of scrimmage. Georgia kind of used him as uh, what Georgia liked to do a lot with their edge rushers last year. They used him in the um, Aziz Ojalari role almost, where he is a secondary rusher, where sometimes he'd be a little bit passive off the snap, playing that second level of the defense and then coming downhill after the quarterback escaped the pocket. Um, he is going to test really well. I think he actually has pretty good twitch for his size, good length. He's still kind of learning, but the Falcons, they need height, weight, speed guys along their defensive front Um, and getting somebody like Hamilton who can give you some versatility. excuse me, um, somebody like Walker who can give you some versatility and movement skills and upside and traits that you can bet on there. Um, He's one that that's that's the kind of guy that I would be willing to bet also a three down player day one. He's not going to be a niche player where if it's not third and eight, he's essentially useless. Um, so I'm gonna lay I'm gonna take Walker. I don't know if you've done as much work on him yet, but he's a freak.
2: The Falcons don't take University of Georgia players. So mm-hmm. you can forget about that one. Yep. Um, but no, I'm I'm just kidding. I uh be interesting. You're you're not gonna go wrong at edge. Um and for me, I'm going to go ahead and project that this guy's gonna kill it in his pro day because he is six foot five, two hundred and sixty-five pounds, and lean. Lean, he looks like an outside linebacker for the Denver Broncos. Uh, productive double-digit sacks, 70 tackles last year, killed anybody they put in front of it at the, at the senior bowl. I like Jermaine Johnson. I know mm. that's where the, the Dove Valley deep divers went with this pick after I kind of helped nudge them that direction. Um, but again, I, I think he's got a little bit more upside than a David Ajabo or a George Karloftis. I think he's worthy of a top 10 pick. And like I said, I'm assuming he's gonna go out there and run under the four sixes and put up a four-one or better, you know, shuttle. And if he does, he's a top 10 pick. If he does, he might not get by the Falcons at eight. Um wow. so 6'5, 260. He can play at 280 pounds in the next couple of years. He could be a four-three defensive end if you need him. He can be a three-four edge. Uh, I like his versatility, I like his speed, I like his hands, I like his length, I like his motor. I like a lot of things about Jermaine Johnson and I think the Denver Broncos would too.
1: And I think in most draft classes that would be a reach, but in this draft class that's your guys who would typically go 15 to 25, maybe in the top 10. Um so he's definitely a fun one. I I really like that he is a three down player day one. Um he's also a guy who can win in a, versi- uh, a variety of ways and I think he's much more flexible and bendy than say a Kingsley Enigbare who is the other type of you know pocket crunching type of guy um so i and i think there's much more upside there
2: and before you get us out of here uh best tight end school who, who's known for producing the tight ends um i would be biased and say iowa right now just because you have
1: a like many guys in the league who have killed it from iowa uh, dallas clark was incredible for years obviously george kittle is one of the best noah fan tj hawkinson very talented but uh taking off my iowa biased hat probably the other team you have to talk about is miami um miami, put in hurricanes. A miami hurricanes miami mm-hmm. do, do hurricanes
2: do lawrence do a quick google search on miami hurricanes tight end and you're you'll go oh yeah yeah it hasn't been for a while greg olson feels like the last one uh and you know david and us joku here... was good
1: this year david and joku was very talented okay. this season
2: yeah to get um, us out of here the closers getting us in great yeah. show and draft ethan Thank who's you. your
1: pick at 10 I got mine right here and I'd, I'll keep it spiffy because Colin says they're going to give me the hook because I'd go on forever um, but, about <laughs> it. But uh, I'm going to go with Charles Cross here. I know we talked about him earlier, but a wide zone scheme, Makai Becton, um, they flipped him a heck of a lot at Louisville early on. He can do right tackle, left tackle. So I'm very much a proponent of getting the best five out there. And you'd hope that mckay Becton would understand that right tackle, left tackle, doesn't matter anymore with how much shotgun there is. You need to be good at both sides. So I'm going to go across on this one here, um, getting myself the, the last of that tier of tackle, in my opinion, I think he does fit well for what they want to do with uh, the other Lafleur there in with the Jets. So he'd make a lot of sense in coming out with Gardner and Cross. That's that's a good tandem.
2: And again, if I'm if I'm any one of those teams, if I'm the Carolina Panthers fans, I'm a nervous. I'm like I'm hopeful, but I'm nervous. If I'm anybody else in there, I'm excited. I'm ex. I really am. I'm excited. Yep. Talk about this. And, and the thing is, is I'm probably going to be as excited. For the second round as I am the first. I, I really I am. Mean, and not just because I, I say, you know, Scott, who do you root for? I root for the guys I know. Well, I know a lot of these guys, but I see the Devontae Wyatt, Travis Jones, Boye Mafe. I mean, I, I can name yeah. 20 guys who could sneak into the first round that'll go in the second. And that'll make it a lot of fun. So the yeah. the T far front from Ethan, the DWI guys saying trade for Aaron Rodgers fund. I, I think I think that's what the F stand for. It might be it might be a little more emphasis. Emphasis on some of the Fs. You put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I have not. Um, but
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that I'm not having a stroke because I'm like, what did I just hear? Yeah, um, <laughs> some just before we get on out of here, just wrapping it up again. So we had Thibodeau going number one to the Jags, Hutchinson number two to the Lions, Neil number three to the Texans, Gardner number four to the Jets, probably the where things start to get a little bit off the rails. Five is Hamilton to the Giants, six Pickett to the Panthers, seven Aquanu to the Giants again, uh, eight Walker, um, curious, well, maybe we'll talk about that one tomorrow for you, Scott, um, Walker from Georgia, going to the Falcons, Jermaine Johnson, number nine to the Broncos, getting an edge rusher, a three down guy, a pocket cruncher with some length and power, and then 10 going Charles cross notable names that didn't make the top 10 that are worth discussing. Um, Devin Lloyd, my number one linebacker in this class. I, if the Broncos took him at nine, you get an eye roll begrudging acceptance of me. Cause I think he's a very, very good, uh, linebacker, my favorite in this class. Derek Stingley, not making it tackling questions up and down play foot injury concerns, Trent McDuffie, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, David Ajabo, also some guys that did not end up going. But uh, again, I think that right now I would say there are five guys who are above and beyond everybody else as a tier. And then after that, it's just a drawing names out
2: of a hat. Yeah. Um, so I think the, those five, you know, we expect Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon on Kyle Hamilton, and Kyle Hamilton could fall. He really could. It would be crazy in this class, be but nuts. he could. Kyle Hamilton, uh, one, two, three. Uh, Icom, Aquanu, and... Neil.
1: Evan Neal. Evan
2: Neal. Two tackles, Neal. Sorry. two yeah, edges. He could go number one overall. Duh. Yep. Uh, and Evan Neal. Those five should be in the top ten. After that, roll the dice.
1: 100%. Well, guys, thank you for rolling the dice with us today. We appreciate you. We're going to get on out of here. Um, you guys can follow Scott and myself. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, M H H. Make sure you're hitting us up on Twitter if you have any questions about our thought processes here. Or just want to talk some ball, Broncos, draft, free agency, uh, life. You know, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Probably too active on there, but uh, love you guys. You know, I just pay attention to me. No, um, you know, hit us up on Twitter. It's a lot of fun. And uh, that's probably my number, number one way to get a hold of me. Also follow us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook or you have a Facebook at all, make sure that you are following our community at mile high, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. These shows go live on those channels as well. So if you're following there, you're more likely to catch us in the mornings or the evenings. Um, also make sure you guys are, it's a tracker again. I don't know what's going on here. Make sure you're subscribing, liking and sharing to mile high huddle on YouTube and do so also at Scott's channel where we'll be going live tomorrow morning at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, I'm going to go off to uh, take care of the dog and get some work done, but I will see you guys again tonight for building the Broncos where Carl and I are going to talk probably some, some draft needs for the Broncos. I uh, Mike Kliss just put out a tweet yesterday, listing four positions that the Broncos should be targeting in the draft. Um, so so we can break down that one. Um, it will be a lot of fun. And uh, Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like?
2: Champions League, three o'clock. So uh, it's right. we hit the knockout stages, the final 16 32 I get confused, but it's mm-hmm. uh, Real Madrid, PSG leg one. They don't cry about running up the scores in international soccer because they add the scores together. They play two mm-hmm. games, uh, add the scores together, winner moves forward. Uh, most of y'all have probably heard of some guy named Messi plays for PSG. So three o'clock Eastern, I'm going to watch that on CBS today
1: that'll no, be a that'll be a good game. Well I'll see you guys tonight. Um, we appreciate everyone joining in Shout out to everybody hanging out with us today. Hopefully everybody had a good Valentine's Day no matter what if you were coupled or not um, and we will see you guys later. Uh, have a good one choose kindness go Broncos.
2: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos Good morning Broncos country.